Welcome to the Waymark Trails podcast. This is the first in our series of podcasts covering long distance hiking trails. If you like, hate, love or despise our podcast, please send your feedback to podcast at waymarktrails.com. Without further ado, here is our first podcast on the Wicklow Way. Welcome to the Waymarked Trails podcast. My name is Paul Finley and I'm joined by Emer O'Malley. Hello Emer. Hi. How's things? How are you today? Good. Ready to talk about Wicklow. Are you excited <laughs> to talk about the Wicklow Way? Yeah, well it's almost, oh it's over a year now yeah. since we did it. So good time to kind of try to remember any hints and tips for anyone. When was it last May? May Bank Holiday. May Bank Holiday last year we embarked on our 128 kilometre journey across uh, across starting in Carlow right across Wicklow and then finally into Dublin uh, I think we did it in approximately four and a half days but uh, what is about six days is more typical yeah I'd say we had a couple of longer days than most people would do yeah then I think there was in total there's about 3200 meters of elevation gain across it um, location wise as I mentioned it starts either in Marley Park in Dublin and finishes in Cluny Gall in Carlow or else it starts in uh, in Carlow and works your way up to Dublin um, so that kind of gives you a rough overview this podcast of course is brought to you by Waymark Trails uh, Waymark Trails is an app guide for long distance trails it does the simple things like giving you the maps of the route but goes further by bringing you a full professional voiceover of the points of interest along the trail here's a brief sample from the Causeway Coastway it's home the house was attacked by a mob that night they wounded the wife of Hamilton's friend before William was dragged maliciously out of the home and killed. His corpse was left outside on the house stoop until morning, when it was deemed safe enough to call for help and retrieve it. His wife and nine children were devastated by the news. William Hamilton's life was certainly a legacy, as he contributed so much as an 18th century theologian, scholar and meteorologist. That was a brief snippet from the Causeway Coastway about Reverend William Hamilton. Let's get back to the Wicklow Way. So one of the kind of, uh, contentious probably isn't the right word, mm-hmm. but one of the things, you know, in, in walking the Wicklow Way, yeah, the <laughs> dilemma is deciding which direction to walk it. Um, and traditionally, you started in Marty Park in Dublin and you walked down towards Clonigal. But there is a rebellious group forming uh, recently mm-hmm. that are starting to walk in the alternative direction. And we decided to join them. So when we walked, we started in the south and we walked north. Mm. I think we were curious about... Um, I suppose trying to see which way would be better um, and we saw um, some forums online and there was good arguments for walking from Carlo um, Clinical towards Dublin um, meaning that you would have uh, kind of um, not much ascent to start with that you would build to higher ascent along the way and that you would have amazing kind of views as you reach in towards Dublin. Mm. I suppose like a thing is that we, we were lucky in a way that we had two cars to do the uh, to Wicklow, the Wicklow way. Mm. So we were able to leave one at the start and one at the end. I think for, you know, you're, the, for most people that are coming on doing the trail, they, they won't have that advantage. And it, it is tough to get back from Cluny Gall yeah. to, to, uh, to Dublin. There's no direct buses in, uh, in Cluny Gall itself. Yeah. So you're probably going to have to somehow connect on maybe through a taxi. 
um, to get to either Carlow Town or to Tullow. And then it's much easier to get back to Dublin from there. Mm. So I suppose the logic in a way was that, you know, if you're after walking, you know, a trail over six or seven days and you're tired, the last thing you want to be doing is grappling with the challenge of trying to get back to Dublin. When if you actually arrive back and you start in Clunigal, you're in Dublin already, you kind of have all that battle ahead of you and you can actually kind of relax a little bit and the, the challenges behind you. Was that a factor for you? Definitely. Um, I think it just, it seemed to us to make more sense to kind of finish in Dublin and while we would be weary that we would be, well, that's home for us, so which was um, handy enough. But I think um, whichever way you choose, uh, you can make it work. Um, so if you're starting in Marley Park and you're walking uh, southwards, um, just the number 16 bus from the city centre will, will bring you out towards Marley Park and you have to locate um, the start point. And then if you're starting in Clonigal, um, you'll have to get probably, if you're relying on public transport, a bus, errand bus to a nearby town such as... Um, what the near one? Uh, is it? Yeah, no, but Clody, I think, yeah. is one of the near ones, or Tolo or Carlo. They're all yeah. Bunclody, I think, is about is about three kilometres of a walk Maybe from from five, oh sorry, five five, five kilometres of a walk yeah. from uh, from Clunigal. Uh, I think Carlo Town is about fifteen minutes drive in a car and mm. Tolo is probably something similar enough yeah. to that. It's it's so not just a very... little bit of planning beforehand. For yeah, that. yeah. So I think but I think I don't know in my mind I'm like if you have the energy at the start after kind of a you haven't gone through all the journey yet it's probably easier to do that at the start at the mm-hmm. end but but then again you know traditionally that was the way it was done so yeah. you know there, there, there's alternatives there for people just a little correction there it's actually nine kilometers from Clunigal to Bunclody so just in case anybody's walking it there and they're thinking oh my god those guys they screwed me over I'm after walking this far and I'm not even there yet it's <laughs> actually nine kilometers from uh, from Clunigal to, to Bunclody. So once you've decided what direction you're walking, you know, the next vital thing is just going to be your prep and kind of deciding what to pack. Mm. So, yeah, what would be your advice to people walking the, the Wicklow Way in terms of packing clothes? Clothes. Um, well, Ireland is renowned for four seasons in one day. So definitely um, a really good quality rain jacket that doesn't soak through. Um, but at the same time that it, it's not too heavy, if, particularly if you're walking it around summertime. Um, waterproof pants would probably be quite useful as well and then layers really because it can get chilly like at the top of the mountains like a top of jouse it can get really cold up yeah there, if it's exposed it? at all yeah, yeah. And, and really good quality socks makes a difference to prevent blisters i suppose and then to yeah like as well. and just think, thinking back to to our experience you know when we walked it the first day we were washed out of it mm. literally rain all day i just i remember this bleak moment where we were probably about maybe 15 kilometers into it and we were sitting under a tree trying to eat our lunch and we were like struggling to open up the wrappers to the chocolate bars we're trying to have because our hands were so cold yeah. and numb that we couldn't even physically open the bars but uh but then like from the next day on it was literally cracking sunshine mm. every day getting sunburnt like walking around in shorts and a t-shirt absolutely nothing else and i think that's just that's that's typical yeah. hiking in Wicklow. You will almost experience any of that. And as as you mentioned, as you yeah. went over the shoulder of Jouse, freezing cold and wind, and it's mm. it is just, so a, just all seasons in one layers day. Layers is great because you can you know add them if you need them, and equally when it's warm, you can minimize what you're what you're wearing as well. So. A controversial one I have here now is umbrella. 
I, mm. I brought an umbrella with me and you know some people think it's very quirky to be like walking on ridiculous. a hiking trail <laughs> but you know what sometimes you can have the best fanciest Gore-Tex stuff in the world all this perfect breathable waterproof but sometimes the best thing you can do is just to keep the rain off you in the first mm. place and an umbrella can do it you know it, it go a long way in doing yeah. that there's a lot to be said i suppose for it as well i suppose it would be no good in windy weather but certainly in driving rain yeah and um, footwear is really important too uh like you know your feet will be burning at the end of the day um so i think you need good ankle support too mm. um you're going up and down a lot of mountains it'd be easy to twist your ankle yeah um, so good kind of good quality waterproof and probably that you've broken them in you wouldn't want to be starting any any new boots yeah just like if you're running a marathon yeah. or anything like that you don't you want to be start. wearing it for the first time when you and get stuck probably invested it. in good quality socks too mm. you know um kind of anti-blister ones um yeah, yeah absolutely particularly if it's getting you know if if you're going to be getting wet at all or a little bit wet that's particularly when you know when they'll pay you know benefit and mm. dividends but i i suppose one thing i will say is positive about the the wicklow way is that it's not the as trails go in ireland it's probably not one of the the, the wetter or muckier no. trails as they go <laughs> i think enough uh we did the bear away before now admittedly it might have been too late in the year when we tackled it it was maybe late october but we were you know sinking down to our knees and i remember it like you know you started with such optimism and then yeah. three kilometers in Changing when you've socks. got yeah you've got like water up to your knees and you're trying to dry out your socks so, yeah you're right wicklow well we walked in in may but it, it definitely it's kind of drier kind of woodland it's not that soft underfoot. Yeah, there, there's a lot of forest paths and stuff like that, so it, it is. It's, it certainly is spectacular. Another big factor in terms of your prep is going to be camping or not. To so or not it's to camp, yeah, yeah, it's going to be. You know, again, some people just one of the big questions that come along, and even on on Instagram, it's something that uh, at Waymark Trails, by the way, it, it's something that people ask me is is um, you know can you camp along the Wicklow Way? And the answer is you, you certainly can. Now the rules around camping in Ireland aren't certainly as good uh, as in other countries. You know, in terms of private property mm. and stuff like that but generally you can camp what i always say is look if there is a farmhouse nearby you just go up ask the farmer 99 percent of people are, are very friendly mm. and, and they'll they'll give you permission in a worst case scenario they might ask you for you know a couple of euro for for you know permission to stay there probably purely because people have given them a bad experience in the past uh, but the key thing is to you know to stay out of view to stay well away from the roads and uh, and certainly to stick by the rules of leave no trace and I, mm. I absolutely recommend that you you search up leave no trace in fact if i remember correctly we even did i suppose just kind of to be to be good citizens their way we, we gave a little donation to leave no trace before mm. before we actually walked yeah. on the trail as well so i think that's an important factor definitely like you know it really spoils it when you're out in the middle of nowhere and you see some rubbish because you think it's so disappointing if someone left that there along yeah, the way. Yeah, and I, I, one thing I remember we've seen a lot of is like the remnants of open fires as well. And yeah. I definitely think an open fire is an absolute no-go and you're certainly mm. not sticking by the uh, the rules around leave no trace, you know. Mm. I think a, an open fire is just a, a bad a bad idea. It's what causes forest fires. It's just, it's dangerous. Yeah. And, you know, and stick Wicklow to, is full of gorse as well at that time of year. Yeah, so. and it can get so dry. It, it, it's certainly a bad idea. Uh, one of our, uh, you know, I think w one of the best things we did beforehand was the Sawyer. 
Oh yes, our water filtration. Yeah. Thing. So again, now believe me, we're you know there's absolutely no sponsorship here we're with not Sawyer related at all. To Sawyer. <laughs> not related in any way, shape, or form. But the Sawyer was really, really good. Any time mm. you needed water there, yeah. any little stream, it just comes out perfect. And it's like we both had a. It sounds pretty minimal, but we both had a. 500 ml bottle of water and we maybe had filled that up at the start of the day wherever we we started and as the day went on we naturally passed a lot of you know relatively clear streams we didn't touch really any dirty water but we passed a lot of clear streams and you know we had our options to be fussy because it was it was pretty plentiful wasn't it yeah and using the Sawyer system very quickly um could you know get a lot of water yeah because yeah. I, I even seen some of the videos advertising the Sawyer on like youtube and they're like going muck. into like dirty puddles <laughs> and muck so we stuck to, to clean streams but uh we never went thirsty no absolutely I, I, I highly recommend that but i think like the overall thing in terms of prep has got to be don't overpack mm. so many people overpack we overpacked. I had a drone strapped onto the back of my bag, which I kept in the original box that I bought it in, which was an all-time terrible idea. It was so far from my back and it was dragging the whole time. But we just overpacked. I brought so much stuff that was unnecessary. And it's just a, a typical mistake that people make. And I think if there's one thing that you, you, know, you, you can do to give yourself a better journey and a better trip is don't overpack. Mm, you know leave some of that stuff behind if it's not necessary you don't need it leave it behind stick to the absolute necessities that that you need you're back well thank you so the next big thing i suppose to decide is the time of year you're gonna you're gonna hike the the wicklow way and i mean the wicklow way i suppose in some ways you probably could hike it most times of the year Mm -hmm. it's not overly exposed in most places but at the same time, to have you know the the best journey, you know, or the, it's certainly the, the the best experience, you probably want to be hiking it sometime from the start of April up until the end of September. What what would you think? I think so as well. Like you know, in Ireland, any uh, we enjoy like long hours of of daylight um, during the summertime. So you really will kind of maximize your walking hours. Um, so I think you know once the the clock certainly go back, it will certainly be a much shorter day out there and a lot. Yeah, colder. I, I think it, it, it strikes mm. some people when when they're when they're over in Ireland is that like during the middle of the summer, mm. it starts to get bright at about four thirty, and it's it's bright yeah. by five, and it like I mean it's not pitch dark until like eleven or maybe a little bit after eleven yeah. during the height of the summer. You know, on average, you're probably going to be looking at more like five or six until ten, uh, but then during the winter, mm. it can be you know getting close to nine and probably getting dark you know every in around a little bit after four yeah so it's going to be a factor and you're going to be rushing along and and obviously yeah. you're, you're you're going to get nicer warmer temperatures during the summer so definitely um and i don't like um i suppose seasonality of bees and bees and things like that you have to think about that too um i don't know if a lot of them are year round so if you are walking it out of season you best check into like, what's a bees and bee a b and b but uh, um yeah no a- a- absolutely so i think all around you're going to have the best experience from from walking in uh, from from roughly in around the end of march until the end of september so in terms of accommodation along the way, um, so as we mentioned before, you know, camping or not camping is going to be a big thing. For the campers, there are some shelters along the way, not a huge amount of them. As far as I know, off the top of my head, there's three what they call mountain methials or mountain mythals or I my However pronunciation is terrible and you know for for the people involved in that project I sincerely apologize for for my bad pronunciation but uh but thankfully you know the incredible people in that organization have built three of them along the way as far as I know there's one 
uh, as you there's one just after the Iron Bridge which is near Okavana yeah. the the second one again so this would be from starting in Clonigal going towards Marty Park the second one would be in Glen Malheur as you're ascending up to, to cross over the Lugduff Gap going into Glen Lock and the last one would be um on the far side of Glen Lock, as you're ascending up, uh, kind of as you're going between Glen Lock and Renwood, mm-hmm. about halfway in between there, I can't remember the name of that hill at the top of my uh, off the top of my head, but th- there's another one there with an absolutely spectacular view. They make for a really good place. We actually stayed in one of them yeah. one night, and it was really really nice. I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It's obviously going to be a, a wilder experience. It might not be for some people, but yeah. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, what a resource just to have up in the mountain. It was there. like, and and they have actual a special pit, I suppose you could. Mm-hmm. That, that you can light a fire there and it's you know safe enough to these are to, kind of pre-arranged yeah. pre-organized they've got rocks around it yeah. so it's a, it's a safer thing as you know i, I mentioned you know, you know about not having open fires but this is a place where they they have it organized and you can actually do it in, in a safe manner yeah. so it's like basically it's like a cabin that's three-sided so um you can put your tent and camp in one side of it and there's like a picnic bench outside for you to you know cook and eat um the only thing i'd say is probably our, our own fault we underestimated how cold it could get in may so um maybe like the grade of our tent and our sleeping bag wasn't quite warm enough that's that's it like you know you, you have to remember the temperatures do drop overnight particularly if you're if you're up on, on the side of a mountain so it, it is important to remember that like you do have to have a relatively warm sleeping bag i would say like you want to have at least a three season sleeping bag if not even you know to keep yourself comfortable perhaps even having a, a winter sleeping bag mm-hmm. in ireland will probably go you know a, a long way and definitely a mat to keep you off the floor uh to that that'll that'll keep you a bit warmer um but in terms of you know a, a b&b's there's there's lots of b&b's and accommodation yeah. on the route one problem you will find is that a lot of them aren't directly on the route itself so often you'll have to transfer to a town but positively you know a lot of the b&b's are are, are willing to to collect you at, at a stage i know some of them do even do arranged packages you know where they'll literally pick you up and drop you off every day and you stay in the same b&b every mm. night but uh but like we, we stayed in one in in Tinnahilly called madeline's b&b madeline's, was it yeah. and uh, we did have to get we, we got a taxi so this is on the first night we had actually planned on camping but the weather was so it was bad a <laughs> it was an absolute wash out we decided no look we're gonna go we'll, we'll, we'll go and stay somewhere so we went to madeline's b&b in Tinnahilly, uh, we start stop first of all in Dying Cow, mm, and we had oh, absolutely, I had a beautiful, beautiful pint of Guinness in there. But um, we uh, we stayed there. We got a taxi into Tinnahilly from there, which I think cost about eight or nine euro. Mm. It was it was it was quite reasonable. And the next morning, uh, I think it could have been Madeline herself. <laughs> she actually gave us lift back to the Dying Cow exactly where we left off, and she didn't even charge. I offered her a fiver. She didn't even charge a penny. So I absolutely highly recommend staying yeah. with her. And and there. There are some hostels also we got to stay in a lovely hostel um overlooking sugarloaf oh it? yeah and that was it was glen cree hostel yeah. if, if i remember there yeah. are there's also lust yeah. which is a much better i suppose depending on what you're looking for but it's a great option 
if you're if you're stopping near Loch Tay, mm. uh, straight after Loch Tay, there it saves you doing uh, the full walk down to Roundwood. So again, I think Lusmore is only about a kilometre and a half from the trail. Yeah. So it's only about like a fifteen or twenty minute walk down to there. And you know, I t- as far as I know, I think I think it could have been James in there. I absolutely sincerely apologise if I have that name wrong. But I think again, he, you know, the odd time of perhaps the weather's bad, he might even give you a lift down there if you if you book it in advance. But Lusmore, a great again, a great place to stay. Mm. Uh, so you know, th- there, there's there's lots of of, um, of options. But I think the one thing you do have to remember. Is the Wicklow Way doesn't pass through many towns. If anything, it seems to intentionally avoid, avoid them, them, unlike yeah. other trails in Ireland, like the, like the Dingle Way or the Kerry Way, where they naturally crescendo into a town at the end of every day. That the mm. Wicklow Way very much, as if by design, avoids towns along the way. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, and like the um the owners of the accommodation in the area are well aware of this and they will you know almost go out of their way um to allow you to stay and in, in their that's you know their accommodation that's what we found basically yeah absolutely so like with, with food along the way and like people who might be thinking they can stop for uh, lovely lunches most days as we said there there aren't many towns that you pass through in fact pretty much none uh, along the way that I, I think there's any towns that you, you really pass through from when you leave Clunigal right up until you get to, to Marty Park Edge of Glenmalure but it's very small it's more so a village isn't it there's a, yeah. just a pub I think in Glenmalure um, you probably yeah there's pull. a pub and there's obviously the giant cow which you again you, you pass directly yeah. past so um, and then you know perhaps at Glendalough you do you go very near the Glendalough Hotel which would only be you know like a couple of hundred meters away and even in the Glendalough Visitor Centre you might be able to get food there but you will have to carry your lunches with you. A lot of the B and Bs will give you uh, like packed lunches in any day if you if you if you organise with them. You ask them for them. There'll there'll obviously be a charge involved, but uh, but you definitely won't be passing uh, you know past shops every day where you can stop in and grab your coffee. No, that's that's just not not, not the way it is. If you want that, and certainly if you're camping, then that's just something you're going to have to carry with you. Definitely. So next we're going to be talking about the itineraries for the uh, for the Wicklow Way. So we did it at a fairly at a fairly solid pace. It'd probably be the way to to put it. We 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 kind of we we were kept going most days. We yeah. had a couple of days that were over thirty kilometers. Yeah, or pretty close. So to yeah, I mean, I, I suppose as the as people go walking the way, I think we we did it at a fairly fast pace. I think so. Yeah, we we certainly had some long days, and and our last day maybe the shortest, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so I think a, a more typical that 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 would be you know a five day itinerary is going to be you're going to be doing a lot of walking mm. and you're going to be moving quite quickly. Uh, now again, we stopped a lot. I as I mentioned, I had my drone strapped onto the back, so you could be damn sure that I was going <laughs> to use it along the way. But uh, plenty of pictures. Yeah, we, we we plenty of pictures. But but all in all, we we, we were definitely we, we were hauling, you know, when mm. we were doing it at a five day pace. I think a much more typical itinerary would be across six days. Yes, um, we we bumped into people. Generally, they were walking the opposite direction um, to us as we were uh, walking from south to north, and you know, just asking them um, how long they were doing it over. And I, I definitely think probably six to seven days was more typical. A lot of the tourists who were coming from outside of Ireland might have even factored in a rest day so they could explore a little bit more, maybe around Glendalough yeah, or yeah. Loctay. Yeah, that's, so. a, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, you know, you could eat, like there's lots of little diverts you can do. Mm. So, like for example, when you're going over the shoulder at Jouse, it's not a particularly long extra you know hike to get up to the top of Joe so mm-hmm. it's a great time to do that like Fairy Ford it's not you know big but it's an extra 30 minutes but if you're on a five day 
journey it's you're going to be it's you're going to be rushed yeah. yeah so I, I certainly think if, if I was doing it again I would probably do it at a, a at a slower pace where, where where you can actually take some time to relax and, and take in the, the sights a little bit more um, and then uh, I think like you know, even even up to an eight day journey long there you, you you won't be left bored at all you know you'll still have plenty of, of decent solid walks to do mm-hmm. but you'll just get time to explore Glen the Lock like we kind of we, we, we'd been to Glen the Lock a couple of times yourself yeah. but like you, you could easily spend certainly if the weather's nice Glen the Lock can be spectacular there and you could easily spend you know a day if not two days and staying in the in the beautiful Glen the Lock hostel there which is right mm. in the heart of Glen, like lo, right from where you have breakfast in the Glen the Lock hostel you can actually see the one of the round towers mm. so it, it's a great base to explore from there and to do some the shorter day hikes uh, so definitely a, a, an eight day itinerary w- w- wouldn't be a bad idea at all so uh, another question I, I sometimes get are about people who you know don't want to necessarily give up a week to uh, to walk the uh, the Wicklow Way, but you can do it in stages as well. I think more than likely, uh, as it's like a, a through hike that's you know going in a, in a straight line from from either Marley Park down south or from Clunigall up north, you're you're gonna have to have two cars probably uh, to do it. What, what what do you think? Yeah, like it definitely is doable. A lot of people do ask like you know could you do a little bit of over over a weekend perhaps. And you know you could set off, um, you know, with your group in in uh, two cars, and um, leaving one car at the you know the end point, and then going to the start point and picking the other car up at the end of the day. So it definitely is is doable. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I think if anything, you'll find yourself a little bit depressed when you find like the the four hour <laughs> walk you're about to do is actually like a fifteen minute yeah, drive. But that uh, is a bit depressing. But no, it, it is. You know, it, it doesn't preclude you from from doing you know the Wicklow Way in stages. And you know, Wicklow and Dublin Mountains. Uh, you know, they're just basically on our doorstep yeah. and we don't realize how it, good it, it is it's funny because again well i i did the dublin mountains way recently and and that's exactly how i did it where we parked a car at one end uh, and we and then we drove the other car to the start and uh and we did that and uh, you know i really enjoyed it it's nice because there's something about kind of shorter you know uh looped walks where you're kind of cut, cutting over yourself again. You're seeing the same scenery. Mm. When, like, even when when I did the Dublin Mountains way, it was so nice that you're con- the, the scenery's constantly changing. Uh, so you know, for the for the small sacrifice where you could be, you know, spending an extra thirty minutes driving to drop a car off, uh, if it is an option and you do have two cars to do it, it's a really really nice way. It's a, it's a lovely time. It's a lovely way to explore day hikes mm. while also kind of. In the background, kind of accomplishing this kind of bigger task of walking a really big long trail. Yeah, and definitely, and then the fact that you have like you know transport with you means you're a little bit more open to explore and find nice places for lunch, like lots of good pubs and cafes around the area. So yeah, absolutely, treat yourself when you're finished. <laughs> so I suppose as we're we're drawing to a close here. It'd be it'd be cool to kind of cover some of the things that you know that we wish we could have done differently uh so Imer, well, let's, let's start with you so uh, i suppose start off with something that, that you think you you, you would have done differently uh knowing what you know now um pack lighter <laughs> you know if you think at all you can leave it behind or you so can... i shouldn't strap the drone to the back no you shouldn't <laughs> get a lightweight drone Um, yeah your your back will be so sore by the end of it i think well I was probably carrying maybe about 14 kilos because we had a lot of camping gear as that was mm. our initial intention and um, we've done subsequent ways where I think I got it down to was it under 10 kilos yeah. for, for the dingle way and it was much easier 
time it's much yeah. easier to put all the mm. stuff in my bag yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think another thing i i would mention obviously you know we, we we did camp some of the way along the wickle way there and it, it, we we went too light on the sleeping bags and we were too cold and we we're night. optimistic yeah about this, uh, e- even summer. though we did have you know really good quality mats uh, uh underneath we were still too cold at night time and i think having a, a warming sleeper bag would be something that you know i wish i knew then and i would definitely change to carry that's one place where i think having that you know carrying a little bit of extra weight and not having the 200 gram sleeping bag <laughs> i think you know would have been a lot better sure yeah uh, also I suppose um, like we had you know traditional kind of map book that you would buy in Eason's which definitely helped us along the way along with the way markers um, but I would say it was a bit sparse on us knowing what we were passing by and um, we passed a lot of things or like oh I wonder what that is and typical top of a mountain in Wicklow no phone reception. So. Well, you've you've given me a crescendo here to <laughs> to plug the Waymark trails up, but no, I, I, honestly, like there's one particular one that I can think of, which was the uh, the Ascana Gap Avalanche, which you know is nothing huge, it's nothing that significant, but you know in the uh, the book I was using at the time, it had this small little segment about the Ascana Gap Avalanche, and like typical for me, if I was on a laptop at the time, I would have gone on a Wikipedia sprawl <laughs> with like forty tabs open on my my Internet Explorer, searching through everything and trying to understand this but I just didn't know and it was one of the things when you know in coming to create the Waymark Trails app that I really wanted to be able to actually like look at some of this stuff along the way but not only that the last thing I wanted to do was to have somebody's face buried in an app or buried in a book so I said like we've got to get somebody with a really cool voice so we've got Johnny B the best man around in town man. yeah to uh, to do it and to uh to, to deliver that via voiceover where you can actually just sit there, hear the stories or, or walk along and hike along the trail and hear the stories along the way without, uh, without having to have your face buried in a phone or, or buried in a book. Uh, you can actually just take in your surroundings and I suppose be present yeah. in the moment. And we, we enjoyed it that way in Dingle, so we'll Absolutely. tell you about Dingle in the future. But. Yeah, that's, that's our, our next podcast coming right up. Uh, so I suppose we got a we got a, a round up and I think you know like, uh, rounding up in a positive way. Your absolute favorite things about the uh, about the the Wicklow Way. Um, there are absolutely amazing scenery, and I suppose we were really blessed with the weather. Um, a few standout ones are you know the Guinness Lake and Loch Tay, and that view coming in towards them. I was really I suppose on the last day I was a little bit impatient, like are we there yet? Are we there yet? And all of a sudden you you walk over the mountains and you see the whole city. Um, sprawled out in front of you and I won't forget it oh yeah no de- definitely as you're coming up past Ferry Fort you get that view of Dublin and I, I definitely think that is one of the big selling points and that's coming the, from a Meath man so yeah. <laughs> but no I, I definitely think that that's one of the big selling points for uh, for walking the South and North route but that being said and I, one thing I've always gotten a bit frustrated by is I hear a lot of people saying oh you know you don't really need to do the last section of the Wicklow Way and it's not that special I personally love it now again as you mentioned coming from uh, being a mead man myself it's a kind of a it's a similar terrain in in mead as it would be in uh, in the south of Wicklow a lot of kind of rolling hills probably typical of kind of the the west part of mead but it's a uh, it's it's really beautiful lush pasture lands with rolling hills I can't remember the name of, of one hill where, where you where you pass by the the Dr. James McNamara uh, Memorial Cross. But the views around there are absolutely spectacular. You're not particularly high, maybe only a couple of hundred meters in elevation. But the views are absolutely breathtaking. And I do remember sending the drone up in the air around there. And you could just point it in any direction. And it was all absolutely breathtaking. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I personally really enjoyed 
South Wicklow. So that's getting one of my little votes for, yeah. for one of my favourite things along the, yeah. on the, uh, the, the Wicklow The main thing wing. I actually think, you know, we talk about it sometimes as it being an awkward point in that you'll have to be organised about your food and your accommodation. But in this day and age, I think it's actually a huge selling point that it's actually such a switch off. And, and your phone won't really work for yeah. a lot of the time as well. Yeah. So. Uh, so definitely one what, 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 one of one other of your favorites has got to be the uh, the ice cream van. And oh yeah! <laughs> again, God, I keep plugging the, the south to north direction of the trail. Yeah. But like, I, 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 when we arrived there, yeah. and then I just remember, I think I heard the chime just in the in the distance, <laughs> like ding, da, ding, da, ding, da, this kind of ice cream van chime. And just it after. was actually just parked immediately inside. There's when you start and end the Wicklow Way. There's almost this like little break in the wall. It's like almost like a little V shape, and it says Wicklow Way, and you have to walk through it. And the ice cream van was literally parked at it. It just it reminded me exactly that scene from the the Simpsons, where it's like he's putting my kids through college, <laughs> but like literally just as you pass yeah. through that section, and we met like just at the little gap in the three, wall. Three like Germans lying on the grass eating their ice cream. All they, them, they had yeah. just finished as well, so. and it was just beautiful beautiful weather the ice cream was there so that was you know definitely the, the ice cream truck waiting at the end if you get it on your journey congratulations if you don't well just tough luck <laughs> but uh absolutely so i think that that, that that covers most of it for us and unfortunately with that we've got a we've got a wrap mm. up thanks very much for joining me Emer. no problem uh, uh we're gonna finish off with just a quick giveaway so if you go onto the waymarchtrails.com website uh, and then you sign up for the mailing list in there. We're giving away one free uh, promo- promotional code for the, the Wicklow Way Trail. So if you go on there, sign up. We're gonna p- we're gonna pick a couple of people out there. Whoever sign up, we'll pick it out of a hat, or maybe we'll do it in the next podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll take some of their names out of a hat, and uh, and we'll pick somebody. And uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll send those people on free promo codes for the for the Wicklow Way. So I'll leave you here with a snippet from the Waymark Trails app, the Wicklow Way Trail. And this particular story is one of my favourites about the Battle of Glenmalure. The Battle of Glenmalure took place on the 25th of August, 1580, and was one of the relatively rare occasions when an English army was decisively defeated by Irish forces. The battle took place during the Second Desmond Rebellion of 1579 to 1583. The House of Desmond were old Anglo-Norman lords, and they were rebelling against Queen Elizabeth's attempt to curb their power and independence. The rebellion had an international reach, with the Desmonds requesting assistance from Catholic Europe to help them against the encroachment of Protestant England under Elizabeth. In response, a force of 600 papal soldiers landed at Smearwick Harbour on the Dingle Peninsula in 1580. During this time, the O'Burns were the dominant clan in Wicklow. They were a constant thorn in the side of the English administration. The proximity of Wicklow to Dublin was such that the O'Burns and other Gaelic clans could raid the English-held lands, known as the Pale, and retreat back to the relative safety of the mountains and forests of Wicklow. Wicklow had proved to be an invariable natural fortress from which the Irish could strike out against the English. When the Second Desmond Rebellion ignited in 1579, the head of the O'Burns was a man named Fiach McHugh. Fiach had become an expert in raiding English settlements, harrying their troops but not engaging in open battle. General Arthur Grey, the new Lord Deputy of Ireland, landed in Dublin with a fresh English army. Although he was instructed to march southwest to put down the rebellion, Grey decided to make a detour into Wicklow 
possibly to deter Fiac from attempting to capitalise on the disorder that the rebellion in Munster would cause. Against the advice of his local commanders, Grey plunged his enormous army of up to 4,000 men into the dense forests and bogs of Wicklow. Although Fiac McHugh was opposed to engaging large English forces, this was a rare opportunity that he could ill afford to ignore. He gathered his warriors and positioned them carefully. Grey had divided his army and sent half of it marching towards Fiac's position. The English soldiers were probably marching on what is now the Wicklow Way. As they neared Glendalough, with high rocky and forested hills on either side, Fiac launched his attack. The Irish troops opened with a terrific volley of shot and arrow upon the unsuspecting English. The English response was muted due to the excellent cover the Irish had granted themselves. After a period of intense sniping, the English began to waver. At this moment, Fiac unleashed his kern, who were the traditional Gaelic lightly armoured warriors. At close range, the kern launched their lethal and terrifying javelins, which could easily penetrate English armour. Then they careered into the English lines at full pelt, and hewed at them with axe, spear and sword. The English broke and were comprehensively routed, suffering severe casualties of up to 800 men. Although this was a stunning victory for the O'Burns, the battle had serious ramifications for others. Despite the rout, Grey continued his march to the Dingle Peninsula. Along the way, his army thoroughly ravaged the countryside. The devastation was such that Grey's secretary, Edmund Spencer, wrote, At this time, not the lowing of a cow or the voice of a ploughman could be heard from Dunkeen and Kerry to Cashel and Munster. Grey's anger was clearly not stayed, as is evident by the treatment of the papal force stationed in Smerwick Harbour. After a three-day artillery bombardment, the Spanish and Italian soldiers surrendered, believing that they had been granted mercy. They were mistaken. Grey ordered any Irish soldiers executed, Irish women hanged, and Irish priests tortured and killed. The 600 papal soldiers were subsequently beheaded and their bodies dumped into the sea. The massacre outraged the Pope and Catholic kings in Europe. If your heart is racing after all of that, the 19th century Benlamu Lodge should be just up ahead. So call in, order a pint, pull up a chair in front of the fire and compose yourself.